Our scripture this morning is Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction and in irons, for they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So he bowed their hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. For he shatters the doors of bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were fools through their sinful ways, and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving, and tell of his deeds and songs of joy. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. For he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths. Their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men, and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes, but he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. 
Amy Parks, who drew the short straw <laughs> and got to read the longest psalm that we are studying. Whether you have raised children or you yourself were a child, that would be everybody, I hope, there came a point in either your teaching or your receiving that you had to be given the instruction of saying two lovely words. Thank you. It doesn't come naturally for us. You see, because in our heart, our inclination is that all things belong to us, that we are deserving of everything that we receive. We have a sense of ingrained entitlement that we are great. Now, that can get quickly abused of us and moved away by our life and circumstances. But when we begin as children, we have to be reminded, now, what do you say? Thank you. Ta for short. I still don't get that, by the way. Somebody will have to explain it to me at some point. How does T-A, ta, equal thank you? I thought it was T-Y, maybe, but that's all right. doesn't really matter. That's just a rabbit trail I went down in my head there. Do you remember learning how to say thank you? Too long ago, Shirley said. <laughs> There's that place where we know all of a sudden those two words that we have to say. And then we begin to say them on our own. Yet our parents oftentimes don't believe that we can say it on our own, so before we could ever get it out of our mouths, they remind us, now what do you say? Right as we're beginning to say it. This psalm is a psalm that says, thank you. It's a psalm that gives us, really, the ability to understand where this thank you comes from. And it starts off right at the very beginning. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. And throughout the rest of this psalm, he unpacks that for us. The psalmist wants to show us why and where and when we are to give thanks, what gratitude really looks like. And he uses two phrases over and over again. The first one says this, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. And then usually it tells us how the Lord delivered them. And then it says this, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Now, gratitude, we need to recognize in this, is really twofold, and it's very radical. It is so different than how we ought to live or how we even desire to live in ourselves. The first thing that gratitude does for us is it firmly sets us in the history of who God is. It sets us in how God has called us to live. That gratitude wakes us up that there is something to be grateful for. 
So it's just those first few verses. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed, here he's speaking of Israel, God's chosen people, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble, where he's gathered them in from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. As these psalms were being sung in congregations of the Israelite nation, they were calling back to the fact that even though they were captives in Egypt, even though they had been uh, in exile in Babylon, that God has called them back to the promised land, that God has been faithful from the beginning to the end, that he calls us from east and west and north and south and brings us in because his steadfast love is always there. But it's there because they are his chosen righteous people. So it's tied to Torah. It's tied to the law of God. You see, they're righteous. How are they righteous? They're righteous because they follow the Torah. We've seen that in all the Psalms that we've talked about, that there's this idea that if you do good, then you get good, and if you do bad, you do bad. And we know that's not the way it works in the world, but the Israelite nation is saying, look, if we are people of the Torah, if we follow what God says, then he has made us righteous, and in being righteous, he is faithful with his steadfast love. And so it shakes us up a little bit. It says that there must be a way that we should live that God has set forth. That there must be a path that we should follow. Now very quickly in our minds we decide that, well, if I can just get the list, if I can just get the the boxes I need to tick, then I'll be good. But we all know it's not that simple. So much so that we know we can't overcome it. And that's what happens here. He gives us four examples of people who are in distress. These four people who are in distress, these four types of people, there are two that the distress is happening to them. That it's not anything that they have done, it's just something that takes place in their life. The first one is this, some have wandered in deserts, wasting, finding no way to the city to dwell in. For some reason they're lost, for some reason they're outside of community, but it's not something that they've necessarily done themselves. There's no indication that they've put that on them. It's almost as if maybe they were kidnapped and put out in the desert and left there. The the second one is the last one, where these men and sailors go down and they get in a boat and they see the wondrous works of God and then a gigantic storm comes. It's not anything that they've done. It's something that's happening to them. But the two in the middle, those are self-inflicted wounds that we see. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in infliction and iron. Why? Because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Or some were fools through their sinful ways. Because of their iniquities, they suffer affliction. And so the first thing that we recognize about gratitude, once we understand that it is firmly written in what God has called us to live, is that sometimes that affliction comes to us by our own doing or because of circumstances of other people's doing. Australia's day is a good day to rest in that place a little bit. Because there's a sense that in Australia day, And we want to celebrate what has happened in this country. 
But we also want to acknowledge that affliction came to this country. And that affliction was perpetrated by sinful desires and a seeing that we are better than the other. And so those who were here before received afflictions not by their own doing, but it was perpetrated upon them. But those who came, and not all of them, they received affliction. Why? Because they were trapped in the bondage of their superior thinking. They were trapped in the bondage of being paid by rum. They were trapped in the bondage of living lives trying to get over what they had done in the past that got them here. And you see, there's this sense that we want to say, well, everything that happens to me is because of other people, not because of myself. Or some of us say, everything's happening to me because of me and nobody else. And here's what this psalm reminds us, that we all have distress. And we need distress in order for us to cry out, to God for his help. Interestingly enough, distress leads to gratitude. Because distress shows us that we aren't self-sufficient. And if you never need to be saved from something, you never need to be grateful. Quentin Tarantino recently at the Golden Globes uh, received an award for best screenwriting for his movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know if you like Quentin Tarantino or not. He's very strange. And he gave an interesting speech. He stood up and he said, most of the time in these speeches we have to say thank you to people. But as the sole screenwriter, nobody helped me do this. So thank you to me. At least he's honest. And in some ways, we live our lives in that way that we're taught by the world around us and by society that successful living is self-sustained living. That successful living or a life of purpose is a life where you pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, where you walk forward, that if any trouble comes your way, you figure out a way to overcome it, and that nothing can hit you so hard that it puts you down. But distress comes whether it be because of others or whether it be because of our own self-affliction. And when it comes, we have to cry out. And that battles against society, the world today. This idea that we're not individually able and capable to do something. But if we never have to call out for help, we never have to be grateful. What a lonely life to live where you just say thank you to yourself over and over and over. Well, I mean, I kind of do that, right? Don't we? Don't we live lives often where we think, whoo, I'm glad I made it through that, or if it weren't for my hard work and tenacity, or I'm sure I'll figure out a, 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 a way to figure this out. It's a good thing I have me. 
And what God is saying here in this psalm is saying gratitude is a lifestyle I want you to have and that gratitude comes when you recognize that you must cry out for help. Now here's the awesome thing about it is that when we recognize and we get to that place where gratitude springs from despair, where we say, I'm in the throes of despair, Lord, come and help me. This passage says this over and over again. And he delivered them from their distress. And he delivered them from their distress. It doesn't say, and he thought about it and contemplated, he looked at the profit loss margin, he did a pros and cons, and he decided that it was worth doing. No, it says that they cried out in distress, and immediately he came and helped them. And some of you are sitting here going, I've cried out in distress, and it certainly doesn't seem immediate. Yeah? You're right. But this Lord who works and moves and has his being, he comes and he says, I know you better than you know yourself. And so what we see here is in each place, God does something particular for them to save them. They cry out a certain way, God comes to deliver them, and it's, oh, it's not the same ever in the way that he delivers them. It doesn't say God shows up and he said, I'm God, and everything turned out to be okay. It tells us four different ways that he cared for them. It says he satisfied the longing of their soul. He made their way straight so that they could make it to the city. Right? So he bowed their hearts down in hard labor and they fell down. They cried out to the Lord and he brought them out of the darkness and out of the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. He sent out his word and he healed them and he delivered them from their destruction. He made the storm still. What that means for us is that as we step into that place of crying out in distress, is we recognize and we have to trust, and it's hard to trust, but we should trust by the Holy Spirit we can be empowered to trust and know that God will deliver us and that it will look particular to what we need at that time. The problem is, is sometimes we have a particular way that we want God to deliver us, and sometimes His way doesn't match up to ours. And so we look at it and go, God must not be delivering me. But this psalm says that when we cry out to the Lord, he delivers us. But why does he deliver us? Well, so that we can give thanks, but more importantly, we give thanks. Why do we give thanks? For what? His steadfast love. That he does wondrous works among his people. So there's this idea that we walk in this way. We live our lives, we run into despair, we cry out to God. We, when we cry out to God, it prepares us to receive. We receive that blessing from God as he gives it to us, that blessing that releases us, that blessing that cares for us, that blessing that comes in the midst of our distress. And when we receive it and we see it, our automatic reaction is to give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love. Notice that they're not giving thanks for the action that he did. It doesn't say, and he delivered them from their distress, he did this specific thing, and they gave thanks for that specific thing. It says he gave, they give thanks for his what? Steadfast love. 
Because what we begin to recognize is that the character of God, who God is, is this love that is not going away. This love that is so fierce that it will step into any problem that you have. This love that is so fierce that it looks at your sin and says, I will deal with that. This love that is so fierce that it will not let you be. And that can be scary for us. Because we recognize the life of following after this God is a dangerous life. It's a life where we will have affliction. Why? Because one, we're going to see our self-infliction. Because as we get closer to this holy God, this God of Torah, this God of the covenant, then we're going to see just how badly we don't match up. And we're going to see that affliction that we cause to ourselves. But not only that, we will receive affliction from others around us. There will be times and places where we'll have to step out of circumstances because it is better for us to not be there and fall, but to stand with God alone so that we can receive mercy. It's His steadfast love. That's why the end of this verse is... This chapter, this last verse, is the best verse for us to end on in this series on song. Who is wise, and let's not pretend any of us are, but who is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of God. So throughout every psalm that we've talked about, we've gone back to God's steadfast love. In this place where we're needing to be reminded that our lives should be lived in gratitude to God, knowing that we're not self-sufficient, but that He's the one who saves us, He's the one who sustains us, and how does He do it? Through His steadfast love for us. Then we walk forward in that. It wasn't until recently, that, um, since really moving to Australia, that I needed um, reading glasses. And over the last few years, I've begun just to wear my glasses all the time because I got tired of kind of going back and forth like that. And, you know, and now I get scratches on my head and it would all cause all sorts of problems. Gratitude helps us to recognize it is the glasses that we put on to see God's steadfast love. When we live lives that are not lives of gratitude, we are in danger of afflicting ourselves with so much pride that we've got it figured out that we will miss God. God has given us Holy Spirit so that we can see and trust that He is sustaining us in His steadfast love. And so we put on our glasses so that we can see who God is and know that He loves us, even in the midst of distress. How awesome it will be for all of us to come to a place at some point in our lives where when distress comes our way, we don't say, woe is me. I mean, we should say, woe is me. We should lament, but we don't stay there. We move to the place of recognizing that God comes to us in that place and we can be grateful. Grateful for the hard things, 
and grateful for the great things. Grateful for the tears and grateful for the laughter. Grateful for the sitting in the corner and grateful for the dance. Why? Because of God's steadfast love for us that pursues us to bring us back into whole relationship with himself, with ourselves, with everyone else, and even the very place that we live. Let me pray. God, you are good, and all you do is good. Thank you for this series and the book of Psalms. Thank you for reminding us that we should look to you and your steadfast love for us, that you carry us, that you deliver us, and that you do wondrous works. Father, in this psalm, they remind us that there is praise that is sung in the congregation. And so we don't do this on our own ever. It's because you've put us with each other that we're able to do it. So Holy Spirit, bind us together in the depth and knowledge of your steadfast love so that we can call each other to a place of despair and gratitude. Remember who to cry out to. Don't trust yourself. And Father, you are good. And all you do is good. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Just stand up as we sing. This song actually comes from Psalm 107.